0: Welcome back again to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast presented by Zeal Cigars, CigarSoapbox.com, and coming to you live, as always, from the sunny studios here at the Huddle Up Stores, uh, the Huddle Up Stores Studios in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Across from me is the birthday boy himself, JB. JB, tell everybody how old you are today. 33, bro. 33. It is July 12th, and JB has turned 33, so technically you're the same age as jesus and uh i mean well i mean when when he when he you know went to heaven and stuff so uh yeah i like i like to think i'm probably
1: gonna make it past that yeah because i'm I'm not as
0: cool as him i know i know you know that 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 was my thing too 33 was a big, big year for me i really enjoyed it so uh you're 33 and uh any big plans for the birthday today Nah, man. Just here Just working, sure. bro. I, I tell you what, man. Every day we come into work, it's like a birthday. It's awesome. It's fun. Enjoyable. We smoke cigars. Hang out with these fine people online and make fun videos for everyone to see. And uh, we sell some cigars from time to time once in a while. Uh, but, so let me let me, let me me ask a question because today's topics, while it's, I mean, it's not really a birthday topic, but it's, it's a topic that was heavy on my heart this morning by nature of um, a video I saw. So let me tell you about the topic a little bit and I'll I'll talk about how the topic came about and i sent it to you and you said yeah man it's a solid topic we should talk about it oh for and sure so, yeah so uh, i was watching a video uh there's a new movie out um called the Sh- the, the sound of freedom i think it's what it's called All about the child trafficking about child trafficking and so on and so forth and uh what's fascinating is there's a everyone knows child trafficking exists it really does exist it's a real thing um but on both political parties and everything else like that but uh what we see happening in popular media is that popular media is associating the video with a certain political party and what even is bigger, the QAnon conspiracy. So they're, they're associating with that. And so they're almost defaming the the film as it's calling attention to a real problem. And so people are going like people's attendance are going up like, Oh my gosh, that's Uh, that. Why would you do that? Why would you, why would you defame a movie calling, calling like, you know, a, a spade, a spade saying this is a real problem. But, uh, and the, the, I mean, there's tons of videos about this right now on YouTube where they have the, they have the, the, Jim Caviezel plays the guy and the guy who, who went to go and set these kids free, essentially. And, uh, what ended up happening is, uh, Jim is being called into account. All these guys are being called into account by popular media saying, oh, this is part of a QAnon conspiracy. We're, this guy literally the video or the movie is based on said, no, you know, there's some things that Q, that the QAnon conspiracy, you know, has right. And there's a whole lot of stuff it has wrong and we call it stuff out, you know, so on and so forth. So, uh, and it, it just kind of hit me that, uh, popular media is doing a backflip, you know, to try to explain how this is somehow a big conspiracy movie. I was like, I haven't seen the movie yet to be fair. And I was like, you know, it just seems weird that you would be doing a backflip to kind of defame a movie calling attention to something that's a major crisis but not a lot of people do not a lot of people do so there's a lot of things that that men in particular uh, don't want to admit or don't want to say like this is a major problem we're, th- we're talking about six million children right now yeah okay that are that are part of the sex slave trade right now and so in that regard and we're not talking like You know, people are thinking like, you know, minors where you're 16, 17, 15, 16, 17. We're talking about like children, five years old, six years old, that they're using, you know, in the sex slave trade. So this guy is is bringing attention to that. So anybody would would doubt that or try try to curve that, you know, that that truth with like trying to to connect him with a conspiracy theory to defame that uh, really got me going. I just started thinking about there's things that guys in particular, will try to just ignore because they don't want to believe it exists. And I think that's something that is so horrid that we maybe at, at some point in our conscious don't want to agree, not not agree, but don't want to believe that it's as, 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 as big of a problem as it really is. Yeah,
1: I, I'll i be honest. Out of all the dark black holes and conspiracies that I, um, that I dig down, QAnon is probably the one I know the least about. Yeah. To be honest. I mean, me too. Me too. Um, yeah. mostly because it's only popped up over the last three years in my, right. from what I look into. Right.
0: And that's and it just, was, it was closely associated with Trump. Right. I know that was, that was a big thing. And I think, I think, you know, and I know some of my buddies really are, are, are really about it and they, they talk about it once in a while. And so uh, I don't know much about it or anything else like yeah. that. I know that there are some things that are in the QAnon community. I have no idea who those people are. I also know that, um, Conspiracy uh, theories—they are right once in a while. I mean, I mean, not once in a while, but man, everyone thought that the, and we, everyone goes back to Epstein Island like that was a big conspiracy theory. But now we found out it was true. We don't know what what the list is, and Epstein, quote unquote, committed suicide. You know, which (laughs) we all we all think is a joke, and we all know that it's a joke. Um, But so, but there's there's things that are so bad out there, or things that are so like impacting to a man's life that he doesn't want to admit exist, and that's the kind of road that we're going down today. Well,
1: and what, what I was getting at with that was that those kind of organizations don't hide stuff. Right, right, right. They believe in bringing things to the light. They, yeah, yeah. So, so if it was a conspiracy theory, they wouldn't make a movie about getting rid of or coming against the trade. What they would do is, is they would make a movie like what was on Netflix called Cuties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be more in line with what they're saying, and it, it, that would be more like what a QAnon or somebody like that would put out because it's funnier. And if if you if you really read into it, they do everything right in front of your face, right? And right. if you don't recognize it, it's it's funnier to them, right? Like,
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. so I I don't. I don't know a lot about the movie. I've just heard people talking about it in the lounge over the last probably like four or five days. Sure, sure, yeah. But it, it was released, I think, over the fourth. But yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, that that outside looking in without having knowledge on either mm-hmm. one of the subjects too much. Sure, sure. They they wouldn't do that. They they would make cuties, right? Right. Which they did, right? Yeah. <laughs> the QAnon people made
0: cuties. Well, who knows? Somebody did, right? Yeah. Well, his whole point, I think, QAnon's more conservative. So I don't know if they would do the Qs, but but even the even the guy who the story Sound of Freedom is based on, he was saying that he thinks there's people that have infiltrated the QAnon thing for the purpose of making it more dark and evil and other ways and stuff like that. And See, I, I, I guess you know, I would
1: need a better understanding of whatever the hell yeah, this I, QAnon is supposed to be. I don't know be. what it is either. So I, it, but, I thought it was but, a religion where you wear uh, a red uh, thing on your arm.
0: Yeah. So, so here's but, – but it brings me to a bigger a bigger issue as, as we're looking down the, the rabbit hole a little bit, and that is that there's, there's things that men don't want to admit exist, you know, if you would. And I think guys guys struggle with this a little bit. And so I want to, say, I want to save number one for the very last one, so I want to start number two here on the list. And I have five things that men don't want to admit exist, you know, quite, quite frankly. And I'm not talking UFOs. I'm not talking even conspiracy theories. These are real things that I think uh, we struggle with as men. You know, we don't want to admit that exists. Uh, one of the first ones is uh, major issues that they cannot control or change. Yeah. You know, I think as men, we're, we're, we're I mean, mo- lots of guys are control freaks, and we like change. We like to, you know, get our hands around something and really understand something. Why do you think most guys don't like being out of control?
1: I mean, I mean, that's, it depends. The, the general thing is they just, they,
0: they want the control. Right. Right. I think we all do. We yeah. all do. I think, I, and where I'm going with this, and I guess the, the premise would be, is that I think when you release control of something, you're admitting you don't know how to do it. And then you're also, there's a there's a great amount of humble pie that you eat when you release control. There is a great amount. And that's why I think several, several people that I know that really struggle with this to admit that they don't know something or admit that um, uh, they don't like to c- control something or even change, uh they're very 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 like you know reticent to to admit that they you know they don't know anything i mean they'll find they'll find something they know about everything you know even like the the guy that doesn't want to admit that you know um he can't control something or that you know he can't change something himself just by sheer will would not say what you just said about Q and he would be like oh yeah i know about that and he would make up something you know oh yeah i know about it. it's the guy who knows everything and so on and so forth because i think Uh, The one thing that's most foreign to the human mind, especially the male mind, uh, which is humility. I think that I think humility for a man is something that is spiritually gifted and not something that is naturally occurring in any way, shape and form, particularly when we see it in our day and age, when you see humility, I don't mean false humility, like, Hey, you know what? I just want to tell everybody I gave $1.3 billion to this organization because I really love them. Uh, The person who really is humble doesn't broadcast it on social media, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, that's, that's one of the things that, that men don't want to admit, men exist. Um, and, and what are some ways that you see guys when they're out of control, don't want to admit it, don't want to admit it,
1: man, I had, I was actually, I had a thought a second ago and then I kind of lost it on that where you had said something that, that kind of sparked an idea that I was You'll thinking get about in regards to this, but, um, well, I think I think a lot of it has. To, well, it, it's kind of funny, right? Because if you look at the if you look at the United States, we're a representative democracy, right? Mm-hmm. So that same guy that doesn't want to give up control of something is also the same guy that votes for politicians to give up control and hope that they're going to represent him, represent him in the best way. That's right? part of a republic, yeah. yeah. So it, it's just interesting. It's it's funny what people. I guess what I would say about this, unless the other part comes back to me because it was better than what I'm getting to. Uh, is people are really weird about what they pick and choose are considered major issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the bigger thing here is, I, you know, it's okay to be upset over certain major issues and changes that happen. Sure. But I think the hard part for men is realizing what's worth that time and energy mm-hmm. when it comes to those major changes and, and things like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they change the day that my freaking trash goes out, like, is that really that big of a deal for me? Yeah. Is it going to change yeah. my my schedule because I'm a creature of habit? Absolutely, it's going to screw with you sure. a little.
0: You're going to miss a few days. What yeah, is yeah. it
1: that big of a freaking deal? No, no, no. It really so isn't. So why am I going to get stressed about it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think I think look that one for me. Number two for me is is really has to do with you have to become self aware and you have to realize what's important in your life mm-hmm. because once you realize what's important in your life. um, and that, that could also be subject as well. But once you figure out what's important in your life, then, um, you can get a better idea of what things you can control and what things, um, are going to have to change in order for you to get to where you want to go or be the kind of person that you want to be. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think the, one of the things that I wanted to hit with this one was, um, when there are major issues that you can't control or change, how do you deal with that as a guy? And do you recognize that there are going to be things that you can't control or change? I think some guys are so bootstrapped in life where they go, you know what? I'm I I, I can control everything around me. I can control yeah. this. I can control that. And and that means some some guys are not they're, they're not risk oriented or they should be risk oriented or they mitigate risk so much out of their life that they have everything down from the mate that they want to choose to everything else like that down to a list that if they don't fit this list and keep this in mind, guys. What, in anything in life, there's a risk involved in it. Whether you try to mitigate it out of it, it's still going to be risk involved. In it, whether it's a, bu- a business you start, whether it's a new job you start, whether it's somebody you date, a child that you have, a new puppy that you get, you I know, mean, whatever. Every the, time you go to sleep, oh, absolutely, there's a you, risk you don't wake up the next day, bro. Exactly, exactly. Um, I, I think it's, it's. I can't remember what it was. I'd love to see the stats on how many people die in their sleep versus die of uh, natural causes awake. Yeah, that, that that was something that was really really interesting because I I go to sleep every night thinking to myself, why am I going to sleep? I don't want to go to sleep, but I'm just tired and I have to go to sleep, right? So like I lay in, I lay in bed and just sit there and fall asleep. And I'm like, I, half the time when I wake up, I'm like, how do I even wake I don't even remember falling asleep, you know, because you're so brain dead tired from the day and everything else like that. And yesterday was kind of a day off for me, so <laughs> which is even weirder, you know? Um,
1: I think... I think there's a couple there's a couple things that, that tie into this one and the in the number one point is one of them. So I'm yeah, gonna, we're gonna leave gonna, that one alone.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get to that one. I think it's really, um, really good though. I, I really do. That was the first one I thought about when I when I saw this whole list. That was the very first one. But let's go into let's go to number three. Let's go to number three, because I think I think number three is masculinity is in deep peril and something needs to change. I don't think that anybody on either side, okay, of what masculinity is, meaning like it's feminine masculinity or like overt macho masculinity. I don't think anybody really sees I, mean, I I don't think anyone is really surprised that to see that masculinity is in, in deep peril because there's guys who are macho macho man's right that feel like they can't have any kind of emotion to feel and then you have guys who are feminized and feel like they can't ever like fight yeah. for anything and so both of those are major extremes of two like two areas of masculinity gone awry you know and nobody's nobody's saying anything It was like like, to, to say to the dude who's, who's super effeminate, like, dude, that's not how guys are supposed to be, okay? Well, he's you can't tell me what to do, and then he gives you a list of things like this. Over here on the macho, macho man side that never has an emotion or anything like that or no, never sheds tear or anything, he's like, you don't need to tell me about anything. I'm fine. I'm great. Don't worry about me. I'm a I'm successful one. I do all this kind of stuff. And and you're like, well, okay, that's, that's just as bad as this over here. And so I think... With masculinity in such peril and nobody willing to admit that, I think there's a lot of guys out there that see the problem yeah. uh, and understand there's there's a balance between all this, but not enough men uh, in pop culture necessarily are saying, "Hey, there's a real issue, and we got to find a balance here, so that you can be healthy as a guy and un- in touch uh, in touch enough with your emotions, you can relate to the rest of the world." Yeah. But also, when it comes to when it comes to having to fight and really stand up for what you believe and stand up for what and who you are and everything else like that, you need to have that as well. And if you don't have either of those, or if one of those are counter out of, out of balance, what ends up happening is you become part of the problem, not part of the solution. Because as it exists today, statistically speaking, men are the biggest problem in society, not necessarily women. If you want to take down a society, you feminize it. That's true because men build society. And we know this isn't, this isn't a this is a slam on women I know inadvertently so I think that I'm not saying that but what I am saying is that in masculinity in general so you have the macho guy he comes up he has a new he's a new baby girl and he's like oh, I wish it was a boy supposed to be a boy on what's wrong with my testosterone then he, I've, I've had this actual conversation with somebody oh yeah people will go get tested and then yeah. they will make their wives get tested right i've seen it happen yeah or they'll try to manipulate it so that but they that get, goes back to the control thing a hundred percent dude a hundred percent i want my life to be this way and the, the most beautiful thing in life's in life are inconvenient uh, how does bob ross say it inconvenient, um, happy, happy accidents, happy accidents, happy yeah. accidents right? No They're, mistakes,
1: only happy accidents, right?
0: Exactly. Only, like happy accidents. And in those happy accidents, you get a chance to really bond and understand things. I'll give you an example, right? So for example, I would not have spent so much time with my daughter yesterday if her car wouldn't have broke down. Okay. So her AC went on our car. We live in Phoenix and I got to do everything I can to like, get this AC working. So I called Buddy Shaco up there and everything like that. It was working for a little bit. Now it's not. Now I got to get get it fixed up again. But I'm, I'm telling you this much. This is very, very cool. Happy Accidents is going like, I had, a, I had a girl first and then I had a boy and then I had another girl. You know, if I tried to control that or play God, you know, with my chromosomes and and genomes and genomes and whatever else they do to, to create what sex of the child you want it to be, um, you're missing out on some really cool things that, can develop in you. I have two girls and my girls are very emotional. My wife isn't nearly as emotional as I am, you know, to be quite frank. Uh, but I think that's something that I, I, I think I developed over time because I had two times as many girls in the, in the house as a boy, Yeah, you know, and there's times that my, my son and I go out in the desert and we go off roading and shooting. And we talk about guy stuff and things like that. But I think that's a good balance. And I think if you, if you, navigate towards one of those two extremes and you tend to camp in one of those two two extremes it really does your gender an absolute disservice in general it really does because the guy who comes in and needs help isn't looking for somebody who says oh you need help wow well, i got to help you okay i'm looking after number 1 you shouldn't need help you're a dude suck it up do the you know versus and the guy that that's macho thinks he never needs help when he really does he needs to get in touch with, with his, his emotions a little bit, just get even some counseling or some help. He'll never even need some. Well, there was, a, there
1: was there's actually a story. Um, it might have went, it might have made national news or it might just be floating around on, like, Facebook or something. But there was a dude that posted a picture of himself, like, crying in his car. And then uh, he killed himself after, right? And mm, the mm. dude had two kids. He was a single dad. Mm. And... He was having some money issues, was in debt, was waiting on a, um, a loan to come through. They kept delaying it. The loan wasn't coming through. Mm. He was getting more stressed, so he just he took his own life. Oh,
0: that's terrible, dude. His
1: yeah. family had no idea he was in financial problems. Mm. Nobody in his family knew the kind of financial issues that he was in. His pride killed him. And yeah, now his kids absolutely. don't have a father.
0: Dude, that's that's the enemy's lie, bro. That's the enemy's lie. I'm telling you what your pride will kill you it just will uh i yeah. think it was J. cole has a song where he says pride is the devil it, it and is. it's got a hold on me yeah it's it's not good yeah, man dude. Pride, i mean when you when you think that when you gentlemen when you believe that you essentially don't need anybody and you can figure everything else out on your own um or even if you hit a point where yeah. you can't figure everything yeah. out like yeah i i don't
1: i don't know man i'm i guess i've never I've been so blessed in my life that I've never gotten to a point where I've needed help and somebody wasn't there to help me. So I've never yeah. been scarred in that way. I'm very blessed. My whole, if I, if, if I, if I today had something extremely fucking terrible happen for whatever, right. Mm-hmm. And I needed to call my family. Mm-hmm. I guarantee not only would one of my aunts, my grandparents, all of my aunts, mm-hmm. all four of my grandparents mm-hmm. and my homies that aren't even blood right. would be on the phone going, what do you
0: need? I'm there right now. Let's go. So let's take this back to yesterday. Cause I think that's a great example of it. And I'm not making fun of you. I'm just being honest about something that happened yesterday. Does it make sense? Yeah. 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 yeah so, uh, you lost your keys mm-hmm. yesterday, and you couldn't find them. We were thinking somebody grabbed them and walked Well, because I, I typically leave them on the desk up front by the front door. Nine, 99.9% of the time, I could tell you where your keys are. I know exactly I, where they are. I, I know. every Every day. Yeah. 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 I'm anal about where I put my stuff. Exactly. And uh, you couldn't find them. You called me at 615 yesterday, and you were like, hey, Bradley, I can't find my keys. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't find there Somebody stole them. You know. So you're looking around, and, and 630 rolled around, and finally I called you back. I said, well, you do know, them on my way. I'm coming down right now. You know, and it's interesting, our our dialogue on that, because first, I'm not going to let you suffer here by yourself. I'm going to be here and try to help you with it. Yeah. Second, like, yeah, I I, I thought, I keep, I kept thinking your car keys weren't with you. So I'll give you a ride home. Yeah, yeah, no, I had, you know,
1: they're not on that. They keep them, I keep those separate.
0: Right, right. A couple other things too. I, I thought like, well, I don't, I mean. And there was a point where you were, you were just pretty upset about it. You're like, well, I was, about, oh I was
1: about to have an anxiety attack right. because there was there's some keys on there that can't be replaced that get me into places that I still have access to that I might never be able to get a key back into that I need.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so in in the midst of that, I mean, I wasn't like Justin. Why do you have those keys there, Justin? Wasn't what that? that's stupid. you have your keys. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I was like, dude, how I'm do coming. you lose
1: the shop key? You dumbass.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I was. I was like, I was like, dude, I'm coming down right now. You know, as we're before, for whatever reason, you know, at, at, a, at a prior time, you know, in life, I think there was a time that would have been like, hey, dumbass, why'd you lose your keys? Yeah. You know, versus like at this point, maybe because maybe life beats you up enough that you get soft and you're like, man... And I don't think it's a soft thing. I think it's a real thing. I think it's a human thing. He's like, dude, I'll come to help you find them. Mm. We'll find them somewhere. If not, then I'll give you a ride home. We'll figure this thing out. We'll fi- take care of the shop and everything like that. And it's something you said to me at the very end of it that I was like, I was like, that's kind of cool. You're like, you know, if somebody's screwing with us, man, that's that's a pretty good way of screwing with us. And and you said. Just go get Camden and Penny and we'll be at the shop. And we'll stay here all night and find out who tries to break in. You know, <laughs> And I told Jamie that and Jamie goes, oh, you know, and I went and I went, yeah, yeah, that's my boy. That's that's I mean, he gets. Yeah, that, that's what it is. And so to have a have a have a brotherhood around you that enables you to be transparent in who you are in times that you need to be transparent. Yeah, and you need to be who you now, are.
1: Now, with that being said, though, in this guy's case, I'll be honest, man.
0: Finding a brotherhood now is not easy. Yeah, because of pride. It's not easy, man. Yes, it is. It. it I mean, it's It's not easy because it takes those three ingredients that we talk about all well, the time.
1: Well, and okay. Let's go out to the store, pick f- 10 random people, mm-hmm. right? To be okay. homies. Okay. How many of those 10 do you think are
0: in a position to actually help you build up? So I believe something different about building up. And let me let me tell you where I'm going with or, this. Or help you move I know, through. I know. Let me let me tell you where I'm going with this. Uh, I believe in the motto that you teach people how to treat you. Meaning like, I think that if I took those 10 guys that you're talking about, like naturally speaking, like as outsiders looking in, yeah. they're like, no, nah, no, nah, Bradley's, Bradley's good without him. He's okay. And I'm like, sure, but... As we hang out as we do life together and as we are around each other continually uh, Whether it's on a weekly basis bi-weekly or whatever else What you're gonna start seeing is they're gonna start seeing things that I need because they see chinks in my armor that I don't see right and that's one of the beautiful things about friendship is that your friends see the the dark spots in your life and they See the chinks in the armor and if they love you enough, they're able to say hey bro I got I got something to tell you man. I got I got I gotta tell you man right here. You're you're off on this you know, but they have to be in a specific spot to even do that, though. S- sometimes, yes. Unless you unless you unless articulate t- that to, or them. a ton of time and trust has right, been built. Right, right, right. I would absolutely agree, and it takes a long time. It does. It that, takes a long time. You know, and I think I have that with several of the guys I hang out with. I have that with you, and I have that with other people and family. But, yeah, but I think that um, there are times to be true that. Guys, because of a relationship or a friendship or because it's mutually beneficial for them, maybe it's a business partner or something like that, they won't say what needs to be said. Yeah. Because they're they're afraid it's gonna hurt the, the friendship. And I'm I'm telling you, man, this isn't like a chick you're dating, dude. This is a bro. And yeah. so at that point you're like, hey man, I, I need to tell you some things that are necessarily very important that you need to hear that other people won't tell you because they're afraid of you. You know, and something like that. I don't and I I would hope that nobody in my life would be afraid of me to say enough to say, Hey man, there, there's some, there's some blind spots you're not seeing yeah. that I want you to see because I care about who you are, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that's a huge thing. I'll I'll say something to that real quick. Mm-hmm. I'll say
1: that I'm not afraid to have those conversations with you, mm-hmm. but I have to know that I either have to have a really good, and, and you're similar to me in this, and this is why, I, why I'm able to, to do it, I think easier than maybe some other people. Um, if you're going to come to me to change my mind about something, there's got to be some good points and facts behind it as to why, Mm -hmm. right? So I know if I come to you with something, especially if it's business related Mm -hmm. um, and making a change or doing something different, or even if you bring something to me, and it's something that I'm kind of like on the fence about, um, I have to know that I have to be ready for that conversation that's coming next. Cause it's not going to be, Oh, you know, willy willy willy. it's going to be a conversation and you're going to, you're going to be, somewhat combative about it because yeah, y- you yeah. had a thought or you had a thing in your mind and mm-hmm. you know, we got to talk through that. So, um, but I think for me, I know ahead of time that I need to have these things in place. If I'm going to bring this conversation to you so that it can be had in the best way possible. Um, and then if I don't have that information, I just give you my two cents on the spot and then I follow back up later. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. that, that I think is, is it, it, is interesting with with our dynamic but um i i was thinking of something while we were sitting here because i was like what if what if like you just lived in an lived in an area where you know it wasn't easy to meet people maybe you just moved to a new area maybe um life changes happen right and i, I don't know if i would normally say this but i'm i'm going to you're never alone in this world no Okay, and it's going to come back to the first point that we had here in a second, but Mm -hmm. there's reasons why you're never alone in this world, but I know there's a really, really, really negative connotation going around um, as far as churches go Mm -hmm. in a lot of people's minds. Sure. But you can't tell me if that dad of two didn't walk into that church and say, I'm really struggling. I'm not a religious person, but I need help. Yeah. And if those people did not help him in that church,
0: then they're all going to burn in hell. So here's, here's <laughs> I, I, I get the cinnamon dude. I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think I you think, should be able to do that. I, I think, and I will say this. There are a lot of churches that if you walked into and you said that you'd get the help immediately. I, I hundred yeah. percent believe yeah. that. I, I, I would, I would think that about my church in particular. I would think and my, how, how my many guys. people have done that though. People don't do that anymore. No, that's true. We've, we've had some people that have come in and do that. You yeah. have recently, uh huh. Okay. And, I, and I've also had. No, also that's had, good. I'm glad. I've also had people that I've worked with when, I, when I was in ministry, and even out of ministry, where the church handles you know veteran affairs things like that very well, very very well. You know where guys yeah. are coming back PTSD and things like that. Um it's a little foreign to him because you know it's it's like the uh man I, there's a video floating around I don't know if you've seen it about the guy who, who's who's pulled over and he calls the veteran affairs hotline no and like they, the suicide hotline yes and he, any he, and he literally I'll get choked up man thinking about it it's it's super powerful he's in his truck on the side of the road and I guess somebody thought he was broke down and they saw him crying and they called 911 and so the the police officer, and it's the body cam essentially. The police officer that you see the video on, and he comes up to the guy, and the guy is just bawling his eyes out because all his brothers are dead, you know. And he's just—he's the only one that made it out. And he's, he's like, got guilt, right? Man. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I don't know. And and the wait, <laughs> I've been around more veterans that have PTSD. I've dealt with my dad who has PTSD from from vietnam and i'm telling you man those guys have been through so much shit that if you just give them like a fucking hour of your time you'd be surprised at what you're going to be doing for them so this cop comes up <laughs> let me get i'm getting the right mind <clears throat> my cop the, this cop comes back up and this cop is like, um, it's okay, brother. I'm here for you. I'm not against you. I'm, I'm here for you, man. Let's get He's like, I just need you to get, get you out of the truck. Come here. And the, and the guy just gives him a big hug and everything. Like and it was just an incredible, incredible video because the guy is uh, so understanding. So, And I think that what I saw was a broader picture of what Brotherhood's supposed to be, that when um, a guy doesn't know what to do with something like his emotions or even even like a job or something like that and he's at the end of his rope other men are meant to come around him and help him and show him the way to get him on his feet and they don't do that we tend to say oh well the the strongest survive the the people that would have were the guys that he's crying about being dead right so so here's here's the uh i may have said this on another podcast i don't know why i'm so emotional about this um so we were talking one time in the lounge with with my several of my buddies who come on Friday nights, and we all chat about life and conspiracy theories and things like that and we smoke cigars and uh one night it all turned to finances and we were talking about businesses and starting and loans and what to do with everything else like that and one of my guy, one of our guys was really really quiet didn't say anything and uh finally he spoke up because it was a, just kind of breaking the conversation and he goes and so I, I or somebody's maybe said, "What about you?" And uh, he just said, I feel stupid talking about this. I'm I, I'm not nearly as, you know, financially, you know, articulate as you guys. And I don't know what I'm doing with my money half the time and blah, blah, blah. And so I was just sitting there. And this was a real test for me. Like, because this dude was super vulnerable with his brothers. And if, if any guy there would have, like, taken advantage of that, like, hey, idiot, you should watch this have haven't you watched this video haven't you watched, read this book idiot Haven't you done? The thing that I was gonna absolutely pounce I was waiting to pounce because I thought at least one of them would and every single one I'm like, oh brother man that that's we're all we're we're all in this mess together. I'm none of us got this all worked out. we're just telling you the, the big financial mistakes that we made and and now we came through it and stuff like that and so instead of condemning him, they had so much compassion I was it was so christ-like believe it or not um and not all my buddies are christians yeah that's and true I, and i was like i was like man and particularly this guy wasn't you okay. know and i was like i was like this is and he's one of my best friends I was like man this guy is great i love him um and i want him to know that he's not alone in how he feels about stuff like this you know and there's nothing effeminate about that guys if anything, if anything to get over because I because I, I think...
1: Yeah, what's feminine about a guy saying I need help so that I don't kill myself and these two kids don't have a father the rest of their damn life? Yeah, Bullshit.
0: My, my sisters once pointed out to me that the... <laughs> the way that I come off or the way that I'm, that my presence is or anything like that, that I'm like this guy who goes around a loincloth all day hunting deer in the woods with a throwing, throwing knife. Shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't be further from the truth. I'm a dad of three. I've been married for 28 years. I run a small business. Two girls business. in those
1: three kids, yes, by the way. absolutely.
0: And, you know, so, and I love my girls. I had it. I I had literally, um, I was crying on the phone with my daughter because I couldn't see, I had to reschedule my-, my uh, Oh, but, the trip? Yeah, I had to reschedule a trip with her. Um, and I, I just couldn't make it happen because we've had some financial hits recently, just really bad financial hits on our, on our finances. And so I just couldn't make it happen. I couldn't swing it. And, you know, so like, particularly as a dad for you guys who are dads listening to this, it's a necessary, necessary blessing for you to get in touch with that soft side of your life in order to relate to your girls. So there's nothing wrong with that. Now living and identifying with that soft side of life, I don't think is healthy as much as I think identifying with the macho man, loincloth and the bowie knife in the in the forest is any healthier. I think that's unhealthy as well.
1: I got, I got a quick story I've told before, and then we'll, we can move on to the, the last three points here. Mm-hmm. We got plenty of time. Um, when I was in high school, my freshman year, I played on the basketball team and I was, uh, I was going to Medina high school at the time, uh, pretty big school, um, pretty wealthy area. I would say yeah, very, very, nice. very good yeah. area. Um, and uh, I was on the basketball team, and the freshmen always played first. And then you would sit and watch the JV and the varsity play, unless you were lucky enough you got to dress up for one of those games too. And there was a there was a kid that used to sit, um, and I, I can't remember his name at the time. Unfortunately, I actually, to be honest, I don't even know if I ever got his name. Mm. Um, wow, holy shit. Um. Anyways, <laughs> he um he would sit. Um, so the way the gym is set up, uh, it's like down in a bowl. So they mm-hmm. actually like dug it out. So it's like a third level that's at the basement of the, the school. And it sits in this bowl kind of, and the student sections right up against the court, all down the left side of the court. And then on the right side, you've got the two benches, and then there's some be- there's uh, some seating behind it. But mostly that's where the teams, the, the JV and varsity and the, the freshman team sit while they're waiting for the next games. Well, he would sit there, and we, we would let him. This wasn't a big deal, right? right. And uh, – Long story short, I went to my locker after my freshman game to switch out a couple things to take home or read a book or something while I was watching the the JV game, and uh, this kid was clearing out his locker, and we just kind of chatted for a, a few minutes, and I I acknowledged that I saw him uh, at all of our basketball games, even a couple away games, and he just you know started explaining that you know how much he loved basketball and this and that and blah blah blah, and um, so that night. That that same day, I went to the coach, and I was like, hey, uh, we got an extra spot on the bench for these next couple games? And he was like, w- w- do you want to sit on the bench? What's up? And I was like, nah, this dude, I think he'd really appreciate it. So the coach actually grabbed him and brought him and sat him at the end of the bench at the very end for the next two JV and varsity game that night. Oh, wow. So the next week in school, because that was like a Friday night. So the next Monday in school, um, his locker was by mine. He saw me before school started. I was always at school super early, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I just wanted to let you know that what you did for me saved my life." Oh wow! Um, and he was clearing his locker out because he wasn't coming back. Wow! And um, so long story short, he became the team manager. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> awesome. he would keep score and stuff like that for the books, but um. Yeah, dude, to have somebody tell you like that one second of you talking to me and and actively doing something saved my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but here's what I'm getting to with this. What if he would have just came down and talked to us one day and said, like, I love basketball. You know, I'm kind of I don't fit in around school. Mm. I don't feel great. You know what? You know what our coach's rule was? If he saw a kid sitting at it, because he was a teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, All three of the coaches were teachers at the school. Sure. If they went by lunch and there was a kid sitting by himself and there wasn't a basketball player at that, we were running. Mm. We were running. Good coach. Good coach. So what if that kid would have said something earlier? Yeah. He never would have felt that way. Good coach, man. Good coach. But to him... What, te- what guy on the basketball team is ever going to talk to him? What right. guy on the basketball team would have ever given him a, a time of day to hear his story and, and make, and, and give them an opportunity to make that impact. If I wouldn't have right. happened to be at my locker at that time, when that dude was at his locker, he wouldn't
0: be here. Yeah, guys, I hope you heard that. This, this is the stuff of life. I mean, we're, we're we, you know, collide and smoke podcast. We smoke cigars and talk about real stuff that relates to men, masculinity and cigars. And that's, that's the stuff of life. And, so, that's and, a great that's a great story, dude. And for every one story that I have like that, and I've got two, I've got four where the kid didn't make it. out. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you'd be so, and and human life is so ridiculous. Not just precious. kids, men. Oh yeah, oh yeah. i I yeah. There's and yeah. Both of us have been. I wouldn't say plagued. I would say have major tent pegs in life that hit you because you know we're like if we would have done more if we'd done something maybe this person would still be alive and what have you you know and so but you didn't know because they didn't say anything yep, you know so dude if you're struggling out there as a guy and stuff like that grab some brothers head to a church Somewhere like that where you can get some help. You Call know? the freaking yeah. shop, man! I'll yeah. talk to
1: you for ten to fifteen yeah, minutes until yeah. Bradley says get back to freaking work, <laughs> dude. You're killing me. But yeah, seriously, dude. man. 602-358-8599.
0: three five eight eight five nine nine. We're running a hotline oh, now, man. so
1: <laughs> I'm not afraid to yeah. say that I yeah. will take ten minutes out
0: of my day to talk absolutely. to somebody. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah. It's, it's a big thing that that we do here. It really is, and it's, it's, we value life. And, and dudes so much more than well, just cigars. Trust me. It,
1: here's the other thing, right? I was actually just watching a story here recently, too. Um, you know, I follow a guy on YouTube named Peter Santanelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter gets uh, gets in communication with people in really unique communities and parts of the world, and he gets to go in. And what drew me to him was he actually got access to like the Hopi Reservation and some of the Indian reservations out here specifically that people don't get to go to. You Mm. just don't. Mm -hmm. And he got invited. So I watched, I started watching Peter and he was just in West Virginia talking to the coal miners. Mm. And, uh, one of the coal miners talked about how his father took his own life. And he, he specifically mentioned something about the, the, them being men and they would have never have said anything. They would have never have went to another dude and said, I I can't do this anymore. Hmm because early days in the coal mines was 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 legalized slavery. Oh, yeah. They made notes for the coal miners. Yep. The coal miners had to buy the stuff from the grocery store and stuff on the property of the mining company and half the time they owed money when their paycheck came in.
0: Yeah. My so, grandfather my grandfather was a coal miner. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. You know, this isn't something new and I think I think you you'd said this before the podcast. You were like, you know, if anything really really good is coming out of a men kind of little bit more feminality coming into play is mm-hmm. is that men are becoming more and more open and not afraid to share those emotional struggles that they're going through. Right, And I think the more and more they
0: do, the more and more you'll see stuff like that happening less. Right, right. I would absolutely agree with that. Well, uh, you know, number four, number four, I think it's kind of a fun one, but I think we all agree with it. And I think, I think on both sides of the political party would agree with it is that um, government overreach into our society men don't, oh, you, don't want to admit exists. you mean like us. taxes that started after World War II and were only supposed to last for 30
1: years but they're still here
0: oh yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Like, you mean stuff like that people that we elect to run certain things that were never supposed to have the salaries or the access to you know the stock market like we've given them things like that I th- my eyes are really opened up you know probably about two I should say about five years ago to, to all this stuff and it, it's it, the stuff that that was always, you know, disavowed as conspiracy theory started making sense, yeah. you know, because you start seeing this, you start realizing this, then you start seeing videos on YouTube of congressmen asking really hard questions to, to, to the rest of Congress and them just not being able to answer yeah, the question stonewalled. Yeah, exactly. You know, from political parties, both on the right and in the left. And I think those, those are things that, you know, you're like, man, this is, this is really crazy. This is really nuts. This is this is not the the, you know. So if you if you say the pledge of allegiance, okay. So if you say the pledge pledge of allegiance, remember the pledge of allegiance. Yeah. Okay, say it.
1: Uh, the pledge of allegiance to the flag, of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, Stop. one Go back. nation Go under back.
0: God. Go back. What? Into the what? One republic. Yeah, until the republic for which it stands. Yeah, the republic. I mean, so it's 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 a, it literally, we vote these people in to represent us. A representative republic, votes them in, and somehow we sold it short to be a democracy. If you would, like that's any better. If you would, like, guess what? Every country that, that went into um, Marxism, socialism, and eventually communism was a democracy. You know, so what I'm saying when it comes to being a republic is we need to get back to the idea that we actually have a, 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 a real republic with representation up there where the people aren't the government officials aren't the highest paid people. Well, and now and, they are.
1: And they're easier to get out of there when they're not doing their job. That's right. another thing. It's really oh, hard to yeah. get people out of office when they're not doing their job. That's
0: true, man. That, that's so true. I mean, term limits. We've been talking about this for I mean, how many years now? Term limits, things like that. You know, but I, I promise you guys this this issue with the American, you know, politics isn't going to go away. It's just going to get worse if you ignore it it just uh, is it's, so,
1: it's never going to go away the yeah.
0: more and more they care about money yeah and i think that's that's why it, until men go listen this is uh, this is too much overreach on both sides man i mean don't don't think that you know it's just the democrats getting rich off of this it's the republicans as well you know so like that's a big that's a big aspect to it and you have to be able to say hey look man i really see something wrong with our our we what, what you want to call the democratic process which really isn't a process there's man, when we when we're scared and we're in fear of having fair elections and things like that. And we see 2024 coming up. And we're like, is it going to be a fair election? It's the first time in American history we were asked that question. First time ever. We're like, well, is, it, is it fair? The Bush is one it, was a little – the the Florida yeah, Gore, thing was a little yeah, Gore, shady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pregnant, pregnant chads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> all, all that. I mean, like that That was the first time it, it – but now we're like – Yeah, we're it's to the way point. worse
1: than that. Now we're talking the whole election, not we're, just Florida. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're getting, well, we're getting like – we're getting, like, political prisoners, the whole Trump thing. Did you see what happened to Theo Vaughn and Roseanne Barr? I heard about something like that. What happened? Dude, Roseanne, like, popped
1: off in, on Theo's podcast, and Theo's channel got banned on YouTube.
0: Well, i I saw, the, I, I saw what she was talking about, and from what I understand, everything was satire, what she was talking about. because She talks about the Holocaust didn't happen. She's Jewish, by the she way. She is Jewish, yeah. yeah she, go, she goes, the Holocaust didn't happen. Yeah, all I don't of, know about it, that. No, 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 I know. that She was she was being satire, yes, satirical yes. about it. So as a result about that, all you saw were these video clips of what she said on the Theophon podcast. Yeah, Theophon is hysterical. She was talking about
1: bullshit media putting right. up, put projecting ridiculous ideas, essentially. So she
0: gave them the ammo, and they shot the gun. Yeah, they did. You know, And so when that happens... You know, you're like, Man, do you not understand that? So she went on Pierce Morgan. I saw that she went on a bunch of other ones. And she was like, hey, this is what's going on here. They'll use any kind of clip you get. That's why we have to be very careful about what we even say, even on YouTube.
1: Yeah. Theo because, wasn't playing the game, dude. He was yeah. like playing dumb. He was like, oh, what you're talking about? Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> don't
0: do it. No. And so and so what's fascinating, but I really appreciated her her boldness in what she said, because she's talking about how freedom of speech isn't free anymore. Even when you don't agree with somebody of what they say it doesn't mean that their spe- speech isn't any freer. Yeah. The fact that we have to all of a sudden get sued for not agreeing with somebody's lifestyle now just just to give them a certain a certain name or a certain pronoun is ridiculous. And most of us think it's ridiculous, but it's the it's the 1% all the way up to maybe 5% of people who are like the loudest coupled with and or enabled by, you know, social media and, you know, big big tech and big media, it absolutely goes bonkers. It really does. It's bonkers. It's ludicrous today. That's why if our grandparents were alive today, they'd be like, what? And our grandparents that are alive today are like, what? Are you kidding me? This would never happen before. This is, this is the America that I, I went to fought, fight for in a war. I ask my dad this all the time. He's like, this is not the America I went and fought for in a war. I promise you. I didn't even want to be there. Okay, but it's true. They didn't fight for this, you know, and now it's it, so... When you see it to to stop and to admit that government overreach is there and to not be dependent on the government for what you need is very very important to that. That's re- that's that's a huge huge thing, and I I think the also ah we'll go we'll, we'll keep going. Let's go to the last one. Um, yeah, two more. Number we got, five. We got number number five. So read that out for me.
1: Uh, their life is a reflection
0: mainly of their choices. Most men don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit that. That I mean, if you really want to if you really want to grow as a man. You have to admit at some point my life is as a reflection of my choices. Not that you've been held down by somebody else. Not that somebody's somebody's caused all this, but there is a direct direct. Now, not every man, but most not every man are some men held down by other things. Of course. Yes, we know that exists. Okay. But to blame your life on the existence of of something else or somebody else. Like if it wasn't for this, I'd be this, if it wasn't for this, I'd be this. There's a point where you have to have to have a sober moment of real reality in your own life and say, my life is a direct reflection of who I am. And maybe that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Not, not simple. I mean, in all honesty, but I I see guys all the time uh, say, and here's, here's the reality. I, I try to prepare my son for this as best I can, that, that life is cruel and it's really cold. Like people don't care about who you are. They just want to get you for for what you want, what you can give them or what you can provide for them. You know? Yeah, consumeristic. Yeah, completely. I mean, if Americans are anything or what? Consumeristic, you know? And I think, I think that's why you have to guard your relationships very closely because if you just have a cursory overview of life and even have friends or a business associates work together, it's not about caring for each other. It's literally about like, you know, what can you get or get from me? So, so he, he, here's a good example. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not tooting my own horn on this, but I'll give you an example. Um kind of had a breakdown the other day with, with my wife being diagnosed and, it, and being sick and everything else like that. Um I kind of put it up there on the internet, uh, on Facebook. Uh Got a lot of different, you know, we're praying for you. It's really, I'm really, really grateful for that. And very excited. And I did, I did read every single one of them. It was very, very grateful. Um, but what was fascinating is you you get to know really quick in the business that you're in who really cares about you and who just cares about your money. 95% about the money. Mm. I guarantee you. And, and that spoke volumes to me. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, are maybe listeners, go, well, Bradley, it's just business. Here's my point. If that's just business and nothing ever changes, then understanding all the relationships that you have around business are just business. So why do you care so much about that? Why do you care so much about them? What do I give those people the time in my day? So I've cut back way back on, who well, I think people, I work with business. I, I have five-minute conversations, not, thirty-five minute meetings. I have five minute conversations. It's just business, man. If it's just business, it's just business. Now there's other people that I do business with that are, are friends. And I want to see those guys. I want to care. And this, this, the first the first people that were texting me, man, I just heard about your wife, man, just so you know I'm praying for you. Immediately and unsolicited I mean it was solicit, I guess, on so on Facebook. Um, but just just letting people know where you are and everything else like that. I thought that was incredible just for those people. and it lets you know right away. Who's really for you? Because when you're at that vulnerable point, you know, and and you're hurting, and you're not in the mindset to talk business, you're just hurting. You know, no one's gonna be there. Most people won't be there. Just to sit there and hurt with you. They're gonna they're gonna want you to snap out of it so you can get back to business. You know, and literally had one person say, "Well, hey man, call me when you're feeling better. We'll talk." Had that. I keep the text message from that to remind myself of that. You know, because it hurt tremendous it, it hurt at a level dude that i was like oh my gosh this is just business dude i don't need to give this t- this person any more of my time any more of my money at all yeah hey, hit me up when you when you feel yeah hit me up when you feel feel, feel good because we'll, we'll talk some business i had freaking I'm, I'm telling you what man this idea that business is just business and there isn't personal relationship involved with it you have to like get past that you just do imagine if we treated people that way like came in here yeah, like the guy
1: that came in to say hi today.
0: Yeah. Oh, imagine that.
1: Yeah, traveled from Sacramento today. Yeah. Just literally bought a flight just because he had to waste He had to waste a flight. He had yeah, a flight yeah. he had to kill. Yeah. So he was like, I had a flight I had to burn. I literally booked a flight just to come down here, see you guys, come in, smoke a cigar, say what's up, eat some lunch, and go home. Yeah.
0: Imagine if you're like, hey, man, thanks for coming. appreciate it, and left. They didn't spend any time with him. Didn't talk with him or anything like that. Didn't get to know him. I asked him what he did and all that if, kind of stuff.
1: If I had to guess, I would imagine after lunch he might have one more stop. Sure. I'm sure he does. Just off the top of my head, if yeah. I had to think, yeah. But uh,
0: I'd love for him to compare the uh, customer service. I'd be surprised if who he
1: wants to go see is not at PCA.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: But uh, yeah, because he says flight leaves like seven. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, but yeah. Imagine if imagine if we just imagine if we just went in, said hi, filmed our video, and then never went back out and said anything to him yeah, in the lounge. Dude,
0: that's awful. But there's people who are just if it's just business and that's it and that's all it is. You know, I think that's the, that's the hard part is that we're trying to change what business is. We're trying to transform
1: what <laughs> business is. If it was just business, dude, I wouldn't hate making phone calls when I have to call somebody on a mistake.
0: Right. Right. Of course. I would
1: just be like, I'm, I got to call this person and tell me I don't have it, whatever. Yeah. But I hate making those calls because I don't like to disappoint people. Right.
0: But we tend to make their day too. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Final one. Final one. This is the biggie. This is the one you've been hanging around for if you're still listening to the podcast. This is a big one. This is a big one.
1: Number one thing men don't want to admit exists. Go. That
0: there is a God of the Bible, man. The God now of you, the Bible. Now
1: you stuck a a you stuck a
0: statistic in here. So let's just let's just say this. not ev- not every man is an atheist or not. So there there's a of atheists, 68% of atheists are men. So the majority of people who don't
1: believe in a higher power
0: are men. Right. Okay. Right. And I think there's no, you know, no coincidence between that because... There's a lot of
1: dude into science fields and, you know, string theory, that kind of stuff too.
0: Right. I don't think string theory or science really has anything to do with that. Although people like to say that science disproves God, which I don't think it does at all. Um, (laughs) Well, the Hubble telescope's telling us otherwise. Yeah, I know. It's continually so... It's like the biggest thing. Or not like, the Hubble yeah. telescope, the new one. Oh uh, the new. Well, that's it. that's the newest one I
1: know. No, about. no, no. There's another one. They just put it out here not too long ago. I can't remember the name of it. That reaches oh, o- deep into space. Orion? No, not Orion. I don't remember. But don't it's a new telescope, not the Hubble. But there okay. is a new telescope that's been.
0: That continues to see the universe is expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding.
1: I, I forget what it, I forget what it saw, but it saw something that scientists were like, oh shit, that kind of disproves the big bang.
0: And that's something that, that, I mean, it's funny because yeah, I saw that article. There's an article about that, that a scientist actually was a believer. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, look, dude, this, this disproves the big bang in, in totality. And somebody told me one time, uh, they, they were like, um, what are we going to do in heaven, dude? what are we going to do in heaven? Like if we get, if this is all this is done, all we're going to do is sit around in like a golden palace and that's all we do. I'm like, mm, no, but imagine a God who's creative enough to create this world. Imagine what he does for his home. And then imagine that it's ever expanding and you get to be part of that ever expanse. Imagine what that's like. And, and for the guys that think, think I'm crazy who are the, you know, the atheists out there. Um, I think that's one of the biggest thing. The reason men don't want to admit that exists is because there's accountability if it exists. Hard accountability. I mean, the kind of accountability that you can't run away from. You know, that, and, and you can't say, you know, you can't pull the, the Tupac on that one. Only God can judge me because he does, you know. So, Mike, at this point, when it comes to, you know, if, if he can disprove the God of the Bible, well, then my other points make no sense whatsoever because there's no reason to care for other guys. There's no reason to let somebody else control your life or, Submit to anybody else. There's no reason that you should ever change. There's no. There's no reason you should. You know, allow the that you couldn't just allow allow the government to run everything for you. Uh, And there's no reason that you know that, you know, that life is where you can blame everything on everybody and you don't take responsibility for anything. You know. But I think if there's a God of the Bible, then it's a major, major, major issue. And I think most guys don't want to be held accountable for that. Yeah. You know. And, and, and if you're one of those guys that are out there and you're like, you know, I'm an atheist and you know I really don't care what you think about this kind of stuff. This is where I usually tune you out, Bradley. Uh, that's that's fine. You're you're allowed to do that. You have the freedom to do that. I love living in America. We have the freedom to do that. No one has to force you to do it. But the question is, like, I, I was thinking about this last night when I when I saw a TikTok. I saw a TikTok video. Because at night I will go through YouTube Shorts and I'll go through TikTok videos right before I fall asleep. I just look at different things. I'm subscribed to some really good people and I'm looking forward to some. Fun little videos. And this one guy was doing a live where he's an atheist and Christians were trying to convince him and so on and so forth. And it was about um, near death experiences. And he said, well, we, it's been scientifically proven, you know, that um, your brain can stay alive 20, 30 minutes after your body goes. And a lot of people have these near death experiences. They're probably just playing, playing around what they've heard in their brain, you know, our society. And I thought, oh my gosh, dude, what if he's right? That's kind of crazy to think that through. What if, he, what if he's right? So then I started playing the other thing out in my head. Um, this is called, pol, pol, I think it's polygrams theorem, yeah. or a theory. Yep. Uh, what if I live my life as, you know, there's a God, and I get to the end of my life, and there isn't one, okay? And there isn't one. Well, then I've lost everything. Right. yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm sorry, sorry. You haven't lost nothing. I haven't lost, I've, I've not lost anything. What if I live my life as if there is a God, and I get to the end of my life, and there is a God?
1: You've gained everything. I've
0: gained everything. Now, what if I live my life as if there is a God, and I get to the end of my life, and there isn't a God, and and I live my life as if there isn't a God, and I get there, and there is a God? You lost everything. I lost everything at that point. So, just in theory, I don't. I've not lost anything. I'm just looking at my life, and I'm like, I, I get to the end of it, and and there isn't. Man, I'm not really lost anything. I've had a great wife and the people who are just like, uh, yeah, but you could have lived life so much more. I'm like, I think I've lived it to the absolute fullest, you know, to be honest with you, not, maybe not to the to the fullest in your own head, but in my own head, there's nothing else that I, that I, I literally get this question all the time. Like, what else do you want to do? And how big do you want to get and everything else like that? I'm like, I'm so satisfied. It's ridiculous. You know, maybe that's one of my problems is that I'm so satisfied, but I tell you what, contentment is something that people, really don't have today. You know, they don't. They always need more followers, more likes, anything like that. I feel very, very blessed and content with what we have here. I really do. Um I think that's I just wish we could get cigars on time. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to uh the cigar company that sent me boxes nine months late. Um but it's oh it was more than that. Yeah it was more than that. Um but but in 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 regards to understanding like what it means to really like a, release control and recognize that life is much bigger than yourself and that there is a God who does love you and wants a relationship with you and definitely, definitely get in contact with that. There's so much history. There's so much proof. There's so much, everything else like that. It's becoming so popular on Joe Rogan now to talk about this kind of stuff. It just is so much. I mean, that people are being, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Joe even sees this. He never listens to podcasts. No, he won't. But, there's just it to me. It just seems like there's time after time after time after time from Jordan Peterson to um, the the MTV guy that was there to all these different people that are like, yeah, man, I mean, God's real, God's real. Well, no, no doubt, dude, no doubt. And yeah, because Joe's kind of one of those like he's on the fence, right? He would say he's, he would say he's more of an agnostic. Yeah, he's than on an the atheist. fence. Yeah, he, he he says he he says something like, it's not that I don't want to believe, but I also think that Joe's wrapped up in this world of. Um, I don't think he cares too much about popularity. I think he cares a lot about things that he likes personally,
1: you know? Yeah, and, so he digs the conspiracies, the laser yeah. people, mm-hmm. the aliens, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and, and to me, it, that just seems like such a distraction for what's really going on. And you hear him say those things once in a while, like, that just sounds like a government distraction for what's happening over here. So I do think God's surrounding Joe with but I But I also think, You know, Joe Rogan isn't the most important person in your world. You know, quite frankly, because we're human beings, you are. And so, I'm not worried about Joe Rogan knowing God. I'm worried about you knowing God. And so, hopefully, you find some solace in the podcast and what we talked about today. And if you have questions or comments or anything like that, please email us, man. We I definitely check the emails and would love to hear from you. And so, you can email email us at Cut Light Smoke Podcast, all one word: Cut Light Smoke Podcast all one word at gmail.com and I'll check your email. I'll dialogue with you there. And again, and I will say this, dude, if you are struggling with something like that, or you've got, you've got something that you're trying to figure out and so on and so forth, and you want someone to talk to and so on and so forth, there are plenty of helplines around where you are. Uh, And again, don't rule out the fact that we can talk to you, you know? So, I mean, we, we're not running a hotline. We are running a business, you know, here. (laughs) So, but you know, if you just want someone to talk to you sometime like that, you feel free to call and talk with us sometime. Um at the shop. We'll never give out our personal numbers because that's just dangerous because I already get enough spam as it is. Um but final words, JB. Nah I don't I don't really have many final words, man. I just I just think that
1: I just think more people I think the more and more people start talking about this stuff, the more and more people become more comfortable with it. Um I've never been uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um I was very lucky that fifty percent of my life was spent either in the shop working on trucks or driving tow trucks with my grandfather Mm -hmm. and, you know, learning that, you know, getting his, you know, side of life on me Mm -hmm. or my other grandfather I was out fishing with or Mm. going to church with or, you know, Mm -hmm. studying with or, um, you know, working with him or it was my grandmother's, Mm. right? Like that's most of who I spent my early childhood with. It was split Mm. between um, my mom had four sisters, so mm. I had a lot of aunts. I was around a lot of women in my life. Mm. But I had a good dose of men in my life, too. Oh, yeah. So I got to see a really good... I like to say I got my mom's emotions. It's kind of the joke of it. Mm-hmm. But I got a really good mix of of how to see both of that. My dad was never really emotional. Mm-hmm. um, But my mom was. And so was one of my grandfathers. So like I could see those things and put them together whereas if i would have just only saw my dad i would have never saw the emotional side of a man Mm -hmm. i I just wouldn't have because that my dad was a marine he was a police officer Mm -hmm. it it wasn't his style right he he didn't come in and cry and sit with you and Mm -hmm. you know he'd have conversations but they were very analytical they were very um thought driven very factual um you know whereas like conversations with my mom or my aunts and you know my grandmothers would be you know a little bit more loose so i got a really
0: good mix of that and i think that's why the family dynamic is so freaking important man it is dude it, and the dynamic is my dad was never a real emotional guy you get more 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 emotional as you age for sure for Cause sure because you, cause you yeah. start
1: realizing that
0: life is short <laughs> well, yeah and yeah
1: you were mad and holding stuff in that it's like, it's like the dad that, that never hugged his daughter for like her whole life. And then she comes back when she's like 24. And dad, I really miss you. And then he just gives her a hug. And she's like, what the heck? And then mm-hmm. he just realizes like, I should have been doing this for 20 freaking years.
0: I pray that for my father-in-law. Because my wife did say that to him. and He had no idea what we was talking about. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know how to react to it. Yeah, sincerely. So, I, I will say there's one more bonus one that we didn't put in here. Um, that I think we we maybe covered a little bit on the uh, on the backside of the last podcast that we did, and uh, that is that that money is not the answer for everything. Mm. You know, even though the Bible says it is the answer for everything, is a verse in the Bible says that, but in the context of the verse, it, it's a, it's it's just talking about wealth. Um, I I think that that there's a the the idea of contentment, to be honest, for for a guy. Is finding out like what you're what you're really content with and be and be content with less than everything you see on social media is, and you'll be much happier, much easier. Life will be so much more enjoyable I, than just keeping up with the Joneses. You you know what's funny to me?
1: What is? So I, I've worked at you know I worked at Apple in Scottsdale at a very you know, in a very well area. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of people that come in here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met, you know, I've I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of people that are well off, mm-hmm. and uh, every time, like I've even had customers come in here, like I'm looking to buy for my event. I need to, you know, it's probably gonna be like ten thousand dollars worth of cigars, and you know, they probably expect somebody to start drooling and jump. But mm-hmm. I don't jump at that stuff, man, because right. I'm not impressed by your money. Right. right. I'm not impressed right. by the Mercedes you pulled up in because you mm-hmm. know what? There's a guy down the road that has. Uh, a mercedes that's worth double yours mm-hmm. and then there's a guy that's got a car that's worth double that down the road right, right so right. Y- you don't y- go to dubai this guy's got 10 of your cars you know what i mean so right. <laughs> you you don't impress me
0: right with right, that
1: right. you just don't i'm never gonna be impressed by somebody who walks in and says like yeah you like my rolex mm-hmm. no dude you're telling the time it's a it's a it's a it's an investment family heirloom what is it other than that than a timepiece? like right. i'm not impressed by that stuff man so don't what? And I think the more that people get that way, the, the less people will want to try to get to that point.
0: I think, I think as a man, as you grow, you, as you grow in character, you respect character more than you respect yeah, money. Yeah, dude. Because you recognize that character is much more important than money. And When guys have, when guys have character in money, that's impressive. When they worked real hard to get what they have and they are, they are men of character, guys who have integrity and honesty and reflection, things like that, Man, those are the guys I'm like. Wow, that's really something. That, yeah, something like else. Yeah, I,
1: we haven't seen him for a while, but there was a Korean dude that was a general surgeon that started coming into the shop a little bit, and he drove just a regular old car. Yeah, that's the dude I respect. Yeah, dude, absolutely. absolutely. He didn't come in talking about being a surgeon, talking about or oh, do you have uh or oh, you don't have the Davidoffs? <laughs> you don't have the the limited padrone 50th anniversary, you know, like that kind of shit. Like,
0: yeah, he yeah. didn't come in like that. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, a lot of our guys don't, but we get we get them once in a while. that come in, <laughs> they want to flash and dash and everything else like nah, that. But like, so. yeah, coming in here and telling me you got all this money to spend
1: that doesn't it doesn't impress it, it doesn't impress me. Spend it then, fool. What do you want?
0: And then they go buy and buy a bunch of bunch of house brands. You want me to you drop know? to it's my like,
1: knees and thank you for coming and
0: offering me so much money? All right, come right. on, dude, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that's been the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or insults, told you the uh, email earlier, Cut spoke Podcast, Cut Podcast at gmail.com, email us there, and we're out of here like last year. Peace.